0: We're we're, we're in uh, week number three of this message series, talking about seven choices that that really are going to help us, give us the power of wise decisions. And one of the things that we've realized as we've been working through this series is, you know, good intentions don't really make a difference in our life. Uh, you know, what I intended to do doesn't really change the trajectory of my life like what I actually do, actions and, and making the wise decisions. And today I want to talk about something that has been an absolute game changer in my life personally, uh, since I was like a teenager, maybe even preteen, about 12 years old. Uh, and, and, and I believe it completely changed the trajectory of my life. I, I think my marriage, Susie and I, married 32 years through Almost 33 this summer, uh, and, and it's something that, that has had a huge, profound impact on our marriage. And it's also had a huge, profound impact on this church. And, and this is something I, I look back in my notes, I haven't talked about this topic in, in, since 2019. Over four years since I've talked about this topic, but as we're talking about wise decisions, I I think it's it's really, really important that, that we talk about this wise choices, and that is that we need to choose generosity. Choose to live a generous life. Be a generous person. Now, as I said, it's been since 2019 since I've even given a message about generosity uh, here at Valley, uh, Valley Church. Uh, well, the crazy thing is uh, that our church continues to year after year after year increase in generosity. Financially, just even your generosity given through the Valley family every year, higher and higher and higher. So 2022 was the highest income year in the history of our church family. You did that, Valley family. And I'm going to be sharing with you a report at the end of this message today from our sister church, because not only are you impacting our local community and our state and our region and our nation, but literally around the world. And, and, and here's the thing that I want you to understand if maybe you're new to the Valley family uh, and maybe you have some kind of other church experience uh, when it comes to this topic of generosity, here's the thing. My job is not to put more guilt on you. That's not really the job of any pastor, okay? My job is to get the guilt off of you. That's what you can be convinced of here at Valley, that, that we're not going to put guilt on We're going to inspire you. We're going to inspire you and encourage you to be the best you that you can be. But if you're looking for someone to put a guilt trip on you about how you handle money and finances, you're going to have to look for another church. It's not going to happen here. That's the reason why I think even in the midst of difficult economy, your generosity continues to grow more and more and more. That's the way that it should be. And I've always felt that with everything in my heart. So if you're looking for a guilt trip, to, you know, for me to put you on a guilt trip today, it's not gonna happen. But, but, but generosity, this is not even like a little theme in the Bible, it's huge. Did, did you know that generosity, that the Bible speaks more about generosity, about money and possessions, 10 times more than it does on the topic of prayer? 10 times more than it does on the topic of prayer. It talks about money and finances. How about this one? Try this on for size. What would you say is like the theme of the Bible? It's not a trick question. Like, what is, what is the theme of the Bible? I'm glad you answered. Love, right? Would you say love? Love is the theme of the Bible, not a trick question. Do you know the Bible talks about money and possessions three times more than it does love? That's crazy. Why? Because you can give without loving, but it is impossible to love without giving. Love Always gives. If love does not give, it's not love. Love is generous. For God so loved the world, what did he do? He gave his only son that whoever would, he gave everything, his only, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. So I'm going to encourage you this afternoon, go home and count these up. There are over 2,100 verses in the Bible about money and possessions. 2,100. Why? Because what God puts in our hands is a test of our hearts. Let me just say that again. What God puts in our hands is a test of what's really in our hearts. How we handle that. When I was a little, little boy, 12 years old, my grandfather taught me the principle of tithing. How to tithe. Give 10% of your gross income back to God's work. And the way he did that was he actually uh, said uh, to me, he's like, boy, you know, my, they all call me boy. Uh, and, and like, boy, go, go check the, I want you to go check the newspaper, check the mail and bring the newspaper in for him. And when he did, he said, I'll give you a dollar. And I was like, I'm 12 years old. That's like big money, you know, for a 12-year-old. And so uh, I brought him the newspaper, I brought him the mail, and then he said, here you go. And he gave me 10 dimes. And I was like, I was hoping for like that soft Money, you know, the paper. He's like, no, 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 because I'm going to show you what you need to do with one of those. He said, tomorrow we're going to church. And you put one of those dimes in the offering. And I was like, well, Pappy, that's a lot of money, you know. And he said, you watch God bless the other nine dimes. When you put him first and you give him back one of those. And I've been doing it ever since. All my life, all, all our marriage, in fact, we, we give more than 10% of our income away, back to God's work, God's ministry to this day. Much, much more personally the Williamson's do. To so, choose to be generous. Because sometimes you might have heard it, be a, 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 think of it as a cliche, but it's not a cliche. You can't outgive God. And so what I want to do today during our time, I want to take you through all 2,100 verses uh, in the next 17 hours. No, I'm not going to do that. I want to hit on just a few high points. And then what I want to do is I want to go to one passage in the New Testament and just like unpack it and just really apply it to our lives about choose to be generous because it's not natural. It's not human. Human instinct is I'm going to hang on to everything I have. But the God quality life is, I'm going to be generous with everything God places in my hands. And when God sees someone who's I'm going to be generous with what he places in my hands, you know what? He says, I'm going to allow more to flow through those hands. Because I know you're not going to keep it to yourself. And so choose generosity. Our our key theme, our our verse for this series has been Proverbs chapter 2, verse 11. Wise choices will watch over you. Understanding will keep you safe. Wise choices will watch over you, understanding will keep you safe. Listen, let me put it this way. For the sake of this subject matter today about generosity, I've never heard anyone have to declare bankruptcy because they were too generous. Never. That doesn't happen because I gave so much of my income away, that's why I, I had to declare bankruptcy and I went broke. It doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen all kinds of other reasons for bankruptcy, but not because someone was too generous or or, or a church was too generous. The choices I make determine the person I become. That's kind of like our, our, our key phrase for this whole series. The choices I make determine the person I become. Today, I wanna just encourage you to consider choosing to become a generous person if you're not a generous person to choose generosity because it doesn't happen by accident. It has to be deliberate and intentional. Choose generosity in every area of your life, not just in your finances, but just choose, choose to be generous about your opinions about other people. Choose to be generous about your time. Choose to be generous in every single area of your life. And you know what you'll find? Joy is attached to generosity. Real joy is attached to generosity. In fact, let me put it this way. The value of life isn't determined by how much I achieve or accumulate, but by how much of my life that I actually give away. That's the truth. It's how much of my life that I actually give to help other people, that I give away in service to other people. That's where real joy comes. That's the real value of my life. Not in what I take, not in what I consume, but what in actuality I actually give away. That's why I I love, I just thought this is the perfect timing for a message like this because it's such a huge choice. And and the thing is, as a church, we we are not in any need right now, not at all. Most prosperous year we've ever had in the history. Perfect time to talk about generosity because this isn't something I want from you. This is something I want for you. This is something I want you to experience in your life. Choose to become a generous person. Make that choice. So incredibly important. Look at just a few verses. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24, uh, in the message translation, it says it this way. The world of, a, of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Uh-oh. Is your world getting bigger? Is your influence getting bigger? Are are your relationships broadening? Or is everything getting smaller and smaller, constricting more and more and more, including your wallet? Look at Proverbs eleven twenty five 25 in NIV. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. That's something about generosity that is so many times lost. That, that when we're generous with others, guess what? Generosity comes back. Generosity comes back to us. And when we refresh others, when we make it our aim, is I'm going to help someone else. I'm going to be there for someone else instead of look at who's going to be. I want to be there for someone else. Guess what? We ourselves are refreshed when we look to refresh other people. These are just some of the high notes really in the Old Testament. Like I said, there's so much. Psalm 112 verse 5. God will come to those who are generous and lend freely, who conduct their affairs with justice. Wow. God will come to those who are generous. What does that mean? He'll come to their aid because they're generous. Again, 2,100 verses in the Bible. There's just one after another, after another, after another, after another. Why? Because when you are generous, when I'm generous, you know what? We reflect the heart of God. He's generous. As I already said, you know, He loved the world so much, He gave His Son. He didn't withhold the very, very best. That's how much he loves you. Every time we're generous, anytime you and I are generous, we're reflecting God's heart, not the human heart. Humanity is not generous. It's it's unnatural. And I think that's why God's like, it's supernatural to be generous. We look like him. And he wants us to. God will come to those who are generous and lend freely, who conduct their affairs with justice. In the New Testament, it's kind of interesting. First uh, Timothy, Paul, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is speaking to uh, a young pastor that he left over the church at Ephesus. The church at Ephesus is about four or 5,000 people at the time. And, and, and he gives, he's giving him kind of like, these, this is the way to lead the church there in Ephesus In 1 Timothy chapter 6, look at what it says. Tell those who are rich in this world's wealth to quit being so full of themselves and so obsessed with money, which is here today and gone tomorrow. Tell them to go after God who piles on, this is God, God who piles on the riches we can never manage to do good, to be rich in helping others, to be extravagantly generous, if they do that, they will build a treasury that will last, gaining life that is truly life. And I know, you know, the kind of the pushback to this. Tell those who are rich. Well, you know, you, you think, oh, well, I'm not rich. I'm not Bill Gates. You, you know, I'm not rich. Listen, you want to hear who's rich and who's not, statistically speaking? Right now, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. Because we always compare ourselves to someone who's richer. But, but here's the, the, the immutable Undebatable facts in the world today. If you own an automobile, you are in the top 1% wealthiest human beings on the planet. Just if you own an automobile. Everything got real quiet. (laughs) I'm not saying even owning two automobiles. And I'm not saying if you own an automobile and you have a house, a special place so you can drive the automobile in so it doesn't get snow on it and it doesn't get rain on it. Now you're in like the minuscule, fractional, wealthiest human beings on the planet today. Because we always compare ourselves with, you know, billionaires and and all that. But the reality is when you look globally... It, it, it's hard not to be in the top 1% wealthiest human beings on the planet just living in our nation. I'm not saying everybody, but it, it, that, it's really hard not to be in the top 1%. So, so if you do own an automobile, this verse applies. Just one. We're rich. Now, by the way, that even goes into fractional numbers, like like tiny, tiny percentages in terms of human history wealthiest in human history if you own an automobile today in 2023. So instead of dismissing, oh, that's not for me, because uh, I do, by the way, I do own an automobile. I just want to let you know that. So I'm, I'm in the top 1% richest people on the planet alive today. So what does that mean? That, that I can't be so full of myself, obsessed with money, which is here today, gone tomorrow. But, but what I need to do is what uh, I go after God. And what does God do? He piles on all the riches that we could ever manage to do good. That's why. Why does he bless us? He blesses us what? To bless others. That's why he does it. To bless others. He blesses us to be a blessing to other people. To be rich in helping others. To be extravagantly generous. If you do that, they'll build a treasury that will last, gaining life that is truly life so one of the things that my wife Susie and I have tried to do to the best of our ability is creative ways how we can be even more generous. I'm not talking about tithing. We, we do that. We've done that for, for our whole entire marriage before we were even married. We, as individuals, as singles, we did that one of the things we do, like, and I'm going to be sharing a a report from our sister church when Pastor Yuri and Oksana come. When Pastor Yuri and Oksana come, we we sit down at a table and we're like, listen, we want to give you something for you and for your family. We give them $500 cash. And then Susie says, let me take you shopping. And they're like, we want to go to Marshall's and TJ Maxx. And they literally, they, they literally, we buy suitcases, we give them suitcases, and they buy something for every single member. We Like, you can do whatever you want to. This doesn't come from Valley Church. This comes from the Williamson's bank account. Just something creative. They're like, we just, we just want to bless people. That's not part of our time. That's above and beyond that. Just looking for ways that we can be generous. And you know what? We've never come up $500 short whenever we do that. We always have more than enough left over more than enough. It's just it, this choose to be generous. Choose to be generous. It's so important. How many of you have ever heard this statement before? It's more blessed to give than to receive. How many of you have ever heard that? How many of you knew that's not a cliche, that's the words of Jesus Christ, your Savior? He's the one who said that. Look at it in Acts, uh, Acts chapter twenty, verse thirty-five. The Lord Jesus Himself said, "It is more blessed to give than to receive." Jesus said that. That's not a slogan. That's not a cliche. That's the words of our Savior, Jesus. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And so what I want to do now in the remaining time that we have, I want to pivot to a passage in the New Testament because I cannot go through all 2,100 verses. You're going to have to look up the rest of those in the Bible. But I want to go to one passage in Second Corinthians, and, and let me encourage you even here. Second Corinthians, uh, read chapter 8. We don't have time to go through all this, but read chapter 8 later on today. We're going to be in chapter 9, but it all has to do with the same thing. It has to do with a special offering that, that is being received for Jerusalem, the church in Jerusalem, from the church in Corinth, and, and Paul is coming, and he's talking about their generosity. He's like, I really want you to be generous because we need to just, they're, they're in a need right now, the Church of Jerusalem. We want to do all that we can in order to help them. That's the whole context of 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse chapter 8 and chapter 9. As you read it, understand this. That that, that Paul is Writing literally the words of God is being inspired by the Holy Spirit. And there's a lot that you and I can learn because he talks about generosity and the heart behind it and the motivation behind generosity for all God's people. And so it's incredibly insightful. And so I just want to pull out a a few things from 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 9 about generosity that will help us to understand why we need to choose, why it's important to make that choice. But here's the thing, God's not going to force you to be generous. It's a choice. It's it's optional. Let me put it that way. It's not obligatory. The first thing that we see, choose to give joyfully. When when generosity, God, the motivation has everything to do with it. Choose to give joyfully. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7, it says, God loves a cheerful giver. So the attitude has everything to do with it. So much so that... uh, in, in uh, the gospels, at one point, Jesus says this, that he says that uh, he, he talks about the religious leaders, and, and he says they tithe, they give all these things in, in Matthew chapter 23, I believe it's verse uh, 23, actually, Matthew 23, 23. And, and he encourages them, they ought to give. He says, but, but you know what? <laughs> They've neglected the greater things in the law. That you can be generous, but you, it doesn't mean you're loving. It, it has everything to do with your heart, but you cannot love and not be generous. It's so important, the motivation. God loves a cheerful giver. Do you know what that word cheerful is in the original language of the New Testament, which is Koine Greek? It, it's literally the word hilarious. God loves a hilarious giver. It's like God loves a, God loves a giver. like, <laughs> just, just take it. Just take it. He loves that. You know, and that, what is that? That's the opposite of when you're out to dinner with someone and the bill comes, and all of a sudden, you get alligator arms. Oh, let me get that. Let me, oh, let me, let me get that. It's the opposite. Generosity's like, let me get that. None of us ever done that before, right? Little alligator arms for the bill. Hilarious. God loves it. Hilarious. You know what one of the favorite things Every single year in, in the new year for Susie and I are when we get that write-up of this year, this is how much you gave. When we, when we get that printout of this is how much you gave, that, that, that is like, it's joy time. It's celebration. We're like, oh, my God. Oh, can you believe we gave that much? Oh, my gosh. And then the next thing is this. How can we do even more next year? That, that's always, how can we do even more next year? How, God, give us creative how we can be even more generous next year. Because God loves a hilarious, cheerful giver. God doesn't really enjoy it when we're like. That doesn't please Him at all. That's why I say my, my job is not to guilt you. Listen, as a, any leader, you, as a pastor, I could guilt you into all kinds of stuff. But ultimately, that doesn't bring kingdom fruit in your life. I don't want to guilt you. I'm not going to guilt you. I'm not going to put you on a guilt trip. But I want to inspire you and encourage you to to be more like Jesus. Make that choice to be generous. Here's the second thing. Choose to give selflessly. Choose to give selflessly. Choose to give joyfully. Choose to give selflessly. John Bonnell put it this way, I love this quote, if one first gives himself to the Lord, all other giving is easy. See, the reason why giving is difficult for some of us, we've never given our life to God. When you give your life to God, God, my life is in your hands. You can do whatever you want to. You know what? The bank account, that's easy at that point. But the reality is, too, too many of us we just have given God one hour on Sunday. That's it. Or we've just given Him a part of our life. But when we really give it, God, my life is in Your hands. I surrender my life to You. That's called like salvation, by the way. When we do that, everything else is easy to give because it's been it's part of my whole life anyway. I mean, think about it right now. Your your paycheck represents your life. It represents hours of your life that you give to doing something. And so, God, I give you my life, but I don't give you that. If one first gives himself to the Lord, all other giving is easy. It all flows out of that look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 15 thanks be to god for his indescribable gift when we realize what god has given to us to send in his son jesus to live a sinless life and to lay that life down as a sacrifice and a substitute that he paid the personal price for your sin for my sin and he rose again from the dead so that through that resurrection we can be confident that we can have a relationship with our living god and we will have we will live eternally with him not only a relationship in this life but for eternity as well when we realize that our heart is full of such gratitude and love what does love do love gives thanks Be to God for his indescribable gift. That that we give selflessly because our hearts are full of gratitude. Third thing is this, choose to give willingly. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 says that it's really, really important to to give joyfully, to give selflessly, and to give willingly. Look at what it says, 2 Corinthians 9, 7. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. Don't do that. If you ever feel pressure to give here at Valley Church, don't do it. If you feel inspired, do it. Feel encouraged, do it. In fact, I'm not going to tell you give this or give that. In fact, what we always say is pray about and you do whatever God says. Pray about it. If you're married, discuss it with your spouse. But have a plan. Have a plan. How much are we going to give? What are we going to give? Predetermine predetermine before, you know, we're going to show some pictures of some kids just in this report, but, but, but don't, don't let that motivate you. Decide ahead of time. That's literally what scripture says. Not, not out of compulsion, not out of pressure, not out of, you know, well, I want to be careful. Just <laughs> Not out of video clips of malnutrition children. We're not going to do that. Or, 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 you know, you know you, you've all been there. You've all seen this stuff on TV to get you to give. Decide in your heart ahead of time how much you're going to give. When, when Susie and I go to a conference, again, and, and I'm just using us as an example because I don't know your life near as well as I know my own. Makes sense, right? When, when Susie and I go to a conference or something like that and we know there's going to be an offering, before we ever even go to the meeting, we just like, how much are we going to give? How much are we going to give? And, and we decide that to get. And then we, we give that as a Williamson. We predetermine that ahead of time. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. Don't do that. That's one of the things I love about reoccurring giving. When you set up reoccurring giving, doesn't matter. but it's, it's not about pressure. It's not in response to pressure or, or reluctance or anything. It's like, we decided this is what we're going to give. This is what we're going to give. And you just set that up to continue to go reoccurring. Number four, choose to give intentionally. Have a systematic plan. Kind of already touched on this. We'll look at it, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 11. You will be made rich in every way. When you have a systematic plan, when you decide this is what we're going to do, Look at what the scripture says. You will be made rich in every way. I didn't make this up and I didn't write this. This is God's word. You'll be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Do you realize that's what God's goal is for you and for me, that we'd be generous on every single occasion. That's what he wants. That's his goal. Not just sometimes not just even most times, that we would be generous on every single occasion. Every opportunity there is that we'll be generous. Predetermine that. And then God, will, God says, oh, I see that. I can trust you now. And he flows more through those generous open hands instead of the tight fists. Let, let me give you a, a number of ways of being generous. Let's just go through those. Uh, first of all, be intentional I want to talk about and give intentionally. Be intentional about giving your time. You see people on the worship team. You see people pouring coffee. You see you drop your kids off at Valley Kids. Guess what? All of those folks are intentional about serving you. They're giving intentionally of their time. Just to make our three services work every single week. We have over 100 volunteers every single week. Volunteer, don't get paid. Every single week just to make our Sunday services go. They're generous with their time. So, so please understand, this message is just like a, a reminder for most of us. Uh, for some, maybe it's the first time we've heard something like this because it's been four years since I've talked on it. But you're so crazy generous of your time. Our dream teamers, I, I love meeting with them at 8 30 in the morning right here and I share a story about someone's life that was impacted the previous week. Just, just to remind, like, that's why we do what we do. Intentionally give your time. Here's the second one. Intentionally give of your talent. Intentionally give of your talent. That there are talents and abilities that God has given to you that, that I don't have those. God's given me a gift and I'm using it right now. But, but just be intentional about the gifts and the abilities that God has given to you to encourage someone else, to inspire someone else, to, to empower someone else, no matter what that is. You know, I, some people are, are great at different, you know, speak all different languages, five, six different languages. I speak two languages, English and football. That's all. That's the only languages that I speak. Well, my wife would say I also speak the language of love, but that's a whole other story. But uh, uh, English and football. And, and so what I do, so, so that's why I coached high school football for 12 years, because God just gave me like a mind for the game, even when I was a little guy, like when I was a teenager. And, and I use that, what, to impact young men's lives. Never, I don't have a son, never coached a son. That's never why I coached. It was because I had a kid in the program. That's not it. It was just simply, God gave me a talent, God gave me an ability, and I wanted to use that to impact other people's lives. So intentionally give of time, intentionally give of your talent. Here's the next one. Intentionally give of your touch. Now, when I'm, just, just hear me that. That doesn't mean for you creepy people get more creepy. I didn't give you a license <laughs> to do that. What, what I'm talking about is this. You know, a pat on the back. A pat on the back, a, a, a handshake. Or how about this? Maybe when you go home today, when I go home today, one of the things, I'm going to eat lunch and I'm going to take a nap. Before you take a nap, and I did this last week, it's just crazy. Before you take a nap, just send someone a little message. Hey, great to see you in church today. Or, or, or this, you know, hey, you were on my mind. I just want to let you know I'm thinking about you, praying about you. Just, 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 just a little touch. It's amazing how that goes a long way. There there was a a woman in church on Sunday last week and and hadn't seen her in a long time and I just sent her a message before I took my nap last Sunday. I was like, hey, great to see you in church today. Smiley face emoji. (laughs) And and I took my nap and I woke up and I saw a reply and she said, thank you so much. It was great being in church. She said, I don't know if you noticed but my mom was with me and, and my my brother and sister-in-law was with, were with us. We've been begging them to come to church for years. And they decided today they were going to come. And while you're preaching, they were weeping through the whole entire service. And they said, we want to come back every week from now on. And, and, and she said, last week you talked about the, God, just give me, just let me reach one more. Just let me reach one more for you. She said, I want you to know you reached two more, my brother and my sister-in-law. All of that came, and what happened? I never would have known it if I wasn't like, hey, great to see you in church. Because I reached out to make contact, all of a sudden, you know what happened? I got blessed. I was trying to bless someone. And what happened? I got blessed. Intentionally give your time. Intentionally give your talent. Intentionally give your touch. Here's the next one. Intentionally give your treasure. Don't let it be accidental. Don't let it be under compulsion. Decide ahead of time. How, how can I use what God's put in my hands, the, the, literally the finances he gives, how can I use to impact other people's lives? Be intentional. That, that's what 2 Corinthians chapter 9 tells us, that we're to be very intentional about it. Look at what it says. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, 10 and 11. Now he, now watch this. This is crazy. Again, like this is Bible. You can like look it up on the app, all that stuff. Crazy what's in the Bible about generosity. Now he, that's speaking of God, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Now let me just stop right there and just explain something. It says, God says, I'm going to supply seed to the sower. What does a sower do? This isn't this is, this is rocket science. What is it? He gets seed, and what does he do? He doesn't keep it in his pants. <laughs> See, if, if, if we would start seeing money as seed, it changes our complete perspective of it. What does a sower do? He takes the seed, and he throws it out. He, he, he gives it away. He throws it out. And the Bible says, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and increase your store of seed. What happens? You sow seed, you throw out seed. What happens? You, you, you plant corn. What do you get? Oranges. No, you don't. You get corn. <laughs> he supplies seed to the sower, not the Stower. See, someone was like, "God, why don't you bless me?" He's like, "Cause your fist is closed. I want to give you more seed, but until you throw it, I'm not giving any increase. You hold on to that seat; it doesn't grow anymore." He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply, increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. And watch what happens when God blesses the seed that you throw, that you sow. You will be enriched in every way. I didn't write this, y'all. This has been in your Bible since before you breathed. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Now, let me show you what you've done, Valley family. What you've done because of your generosity. Just in 2022, and we're still compiling some of these things, but, but just between our sister church in Tarospol, and then helping uh, to plant a church in Boston. One church, Boston, that, that, uh, uh, that we partnered with. A brand new church that's being planted in Boston. And then Ukraine Relief. And, and we've done a whole lot more than this, but just those few things, you have given $100,048. $100,048. You did that. And, and you know what happened? There's, there's no wonder why. Because you did that. why it, it ended up being the best year ever for our church financially. Why? Because God gives seed to the sower, not the stower. He's like, look at that Valley family. They're throwing it. They're throwing it. So you know what? I'm going to have to give more. Because I'm going to supply more seed to sowers, not stowers. Let me show you some of the things that have happened just in our sister church. I got this a couple weeks ago from Pastor Uri. Uh, and this is, over that time, this, you see this? This is a children's uh, program, children's ministry. You see that room? You made that room happen. The Valley family actually paid through the years to actually for them to finish this entire children's area, children's space in their church. Their facility is larger than ours right now in a Soviet communist socialist country where it is illegal for them to even be a church. You did that, Valley family. I've actually stood on that stage and spoken at a men's meeting. But let's show them another one. Same thing. This is another error. You did that because of your generosity. There are children that don't even speak English, just speak Russian, that one day are going to thank you in eternity because of your generosity. Let's show another one. Same thing, this is just areas of the building that were completely finished because of your ongoing generosity. Uh, That's the same space, actually, another meeting going on there. That's a different space right there. All of this for kids, this is their, this is their, can we go back to that? This is the child check-in on Sunday morning. Just like our child check-in, that's their child check-in area. Uh, again, it's illegal. This is, this is like they're persecuted. Pastor Yuri was just called in by the KGB and interrogated for three and a half hours because there's so many children and young people coming to their church right now. When we met them, their church was 50 people. Now it's like 600 every single week. And right behind their church property is a Russian tank depot. It's illegal for them to even be there. And God just keeps blessing and blessing. I'm going to read to you, actually, word for word, a report that he just sent in just a minute. So let's show another. These are children that are actually receiving, these are like Christmas boxes like we do. They're praying before they receive those Christmas boxes, just like we do every year. This is out in the villages where they actually had uh, special production-like plays and things in the villages. I'll read to you about that in just a second. Next one. Uh, this is actually on the back of their church property. This is uh, right outside a covered area because KGB came in and said when they ha- was COVID, they like like you can only have one person in your building. And so he, he, he sent me a message. He's like, I think we could cover the area with a tarp and still have outdoor services, uh, but we need some money. Can you do anything to help? I was like, yes. We sent them money, they covered it, and they had hundreds and hundreds of people right in this area, right outside here. Is that the last picture? Okay, thank you, Josh. Let me read to you this report that I just got from Yuri. A little over a week ago, and he says, Hello, my dear brother Greg and sister Susie. By God's grace, thanks to your prayer and financial support, we continue to share the love of Christ. I start talking in a Russian accent. I don't know why it is when I read, when I read it, but, but just let me go with it because do. we continue to share the love of Christ. Uh, last week, we traveled around the villages with Christmas outreach to distribute gifts, evangelize, and pray for the healing of people. And in some villages, we managed to organize Christmas program in local cultural centers. And it is great blessing to see how many children rejoice with gifts and sincerely pray pray to God. In general, you ready for this? In general, for the whole Christmas season, we managed to hold 73 Christmas evangelism performances for children. 73 services. And I'm not talking hundreds thousands and thousands of children. The mafia send their children to those services. The dictator sends the children to those services and to a lot of the ministries in their church because you know what? They want their kids to learn English. And that's one of the, they have an English school. Yuri started an English school where they teach the children how to learn to speak English. And so like, it's just, it's just amazing. 73 Christmas evangelism performances for children and only 37 meetings for grown-ups. Only 37. This is just during the Christmas season from like Thanksgiving all the way through New Year's. He says, all glory goes to God. And we need a lot of prayer for these children and for adults, but together we can do all of these great things. We love you, Pastor Greg and Pastor Susie and Valley Church, our sister church with all of our hearts. You did that, Valley Family. You did that, and, and so again, number one, I just want to affirm you. I want to affirm you because your generosity. I, I never thought in a million years, tough economic times that 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 our church, you, you'd be even more generous in the midst of difficulty, and, and inflation and tough econ- economy. I just want to affirm, I just want to thank you for Pastor Yuri from the bottom of our heart. Not only that, we were able to see them twice last year because Susie and I are not excited about ever going back over there. It may happen at some point, but it's not safe. But two times we were able to fly them here last year so they could be with us to get some more training and just to help in any way possible, just to bless them, Pastor Yuri and Oksana. So here's the last one choose to give thankfully. Choose to give thankfully. Again, The scripture says, look at this, Psalm 116, verse 12. I love this, and I just want to end with it. How can I repay the Lord for all his goodness to me? See, that's where generosity comes from. Generosity doesn't come from guilt, generosity doesn't come from from someone pressuring you, generosity comes from the heart. We simply say how can i repay god for what he's done for me my heart's full of gratitude and thanksgiving to you valley family thank you thank you for looking like your father and your savior his son jesus christ because you're not only impacting our community and our state and our region And our nation you're impacting the world two weeks from today susie and i chris kelly and his wife angela will be in guatemala and and the reason we're going to guatemala is we're preparing the way for you to go to guatemala that there's a we have a partnership there that's growing with a ministry that feeds hundreds and hundreds of children every single day in guatemala And we're going on a fact-finding trip so that we can begin to lead short-term mission trips. You, to go down to Guatemala to help feed those children. Hundreds and hundreds of children on a daily basis. You're impacting, not just right outside these doors, you're impacting the world. I'm gonna ask, would you bow your heads with me right now? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for your generosity to us, to your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. You gave him the very best that you had because you loved us so much. Father, I I just pray a special blessing on the generous hearts of the Valley family. Lord, Lord, may we continue to give, Lord, joyfully and selflessly and willingly and intentionally and thankfully. Because really, how can we repay you, Lord? for all your goodness to me, for all your goodness to us. Lord, today we choose generosity, that that will be a part of our life from this day forward as we take one step to become more like your son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave so generously of himself. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And now as is our custom. I want to speak one of the many blessings over you that's recorded for us in the pages of scripture. God gave these words and he said, when these words are spoken over my people, my name is being put upon my people. So if you'd like to receive this blessing, I just invite you to open your hands like you're receiving a gift from God today because these words that I'm honored to speak over you truly are a gift from him. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and may he give you his peace. God bless you, Valley family. Have a great week.